welcome to another episode of Meta No Meta. This is Dice Master Jay here, and we also have Podcast Master Tim here. I've decided to relinquish my hosting duties for tonight. Uh, Dice Master Jay is going to be leading us through this episode. Whoa, 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 whoa. Get this right, Podmaster there, Tim. You rolled a nat one tonight. Yeah, it was definitely a nat one because podcast masters he's being forced to do this you can you can hear the grinding in his teeth no i'm i'm muting myself when i do the teeth grinding (laughs) (laughs) and of course it is none other but woven not a seer woven or interwoven it's all confusing i know what's going on tonight is i decided that our listening audience here kind of needs to know a little bit about us more sort of sense of how we create characters how we get into characters and how we think and go through everything so we're doing things a little differently tonight each of us have a dice we're gonna roll for initiative on each round of questionings and ask our questions uh we're asking questions to each other here so that way we can kind of dive into more of how we come about our character creations how we play our characters and just different things about us when it comes to the different games we've played so that way our listeners here can kind of understand more of our thought process because we're going to be going into more and more with shadow run you're kind of going to want to know how we think how we've come up with characters and different things along those lines all right mind if i jump in and uh Give a little more explanation there, Dice Master J. Go for that. As long as Walter stays firmly secured in his van, bound and gagged. Well, yes, no, and then that's part of the reason we're doing this episode is this episode's being recorded the week after Gen Con. Our DM, Eric, goes every year. So obviously we did not get to play last Sunday, so we don't have an episode to record. Well, let's be honest, we haven't had a chance to play the last three or four Sundays because things in life and then Eric prepping for Gen Con. Yeah, so we are want to make sure we still have content to put out every week. So uh, Justin came up with this great idea for this episode, and I said, do it. We that, all said, do it. That and also, too... We are taking our Shadow Run, and we are moving on to 6th edition starting this upcoming weekend. So along with that, you're kind of going to want to figure out how we think and how we've gone, because our characters are most likely going to change a little bit. And this way you can determine the variations and kind of see how our mindsets are. That is very true. That's a good point. I like it. Okay, well, my dice, I've been rolling my dice here for several minutes in my hand. Just let me know when you're ready. All right, we're going to start with this, D20s, and whoever has highest initiative begins. I've got a 10. I got a 19. And I got, I'm waiting for one of them to tell me what I got. (laughs) You got a a two there, a seer. No, 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 woven. (laughs) Oh, sorry, no, wait, it's not one of his uh, contractually obligated days to appear. Sorry, yeah, just woven. That's right. <laughs> so it looks like Podmaster Tim, you are firing off the first question. Oh, well, all right. Perfect. Uh, the first question <laughs> of the night. 
it's a very open-ended question, actually, but it's one we really haven't discussed, and I would love to know what it what brings you two to the table. The question is, why do you guys play role-playing games? Uh, okay, who wants to start off? Me or you there, uh, Woven? You got the second highest, so Dice Master J. Alright, what brings me to the table, it's an escape, it's a relax, it's something fun for me to do and get out. I'm not a very social, outgoing person, I'm more of a hermit, but then at the same time, I find creating characters entertaining, intriguing, and I find it a way to, to be honest, mess with my friends' heads. You know, I have a feeling we could just hit uh, copy and paste, I think... Justin hit the nail on the head there with all three of our answers, probably. I mean, there's definitely a satisfaction with successfully messing with another person's head. That well, yes. A seer woven and interwoven would know a lot about that. A seer woven is my kryptonite. (laughs) (laughs) But no, that is a very good answer, because that's basically the exact same answer I was going to have. It is the perfect escape from reality. Uh, Let's all face it. Everybody who plays role-playing games, we almost all work a job. Uh, You may love your job. You might not love your job, but it's a job and jobs aren't fun. So role-playing games are in a way for you to meet up with a good group of friends that you might see once a week, once every other week, once a month. And you guys get to get together and live your wildest dreams through these characters for the most part me i'm i'm just i'm evil i like to mess with your guys's heads well when we haven't got to you yet what brings you to the table well yeah i mean probably just about the same i do however have a side to me that you can't really just in life start acting weird well i mean you probably could I do. <laughs> that he does. Baby Shark, I do believe he brings a bell on that one. Oh, that, that flips the switch, yeah. But, I mean, I I do enjoy acting, and I enjoy bringing my characters to life to open up another dimension to them. Granted, likely fellow players will not ever enjoy the level of layers I put into my characters or understand them. You know, I will say in our group's defense, I think we've got a pretty good group right now that truly does appreciate characters with multiple layers and levels. We were just talking about this earlier this week while getting ready for this level, about how you, Matt, go above and beyond to create those layers into your Hey, 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 you're stepping in on my question there, buddy. Oh, sorry, sorry. (laughs) All right, well, let's jump into that question. Because actually, Matt there left me with a great opening for it. This is going to be directed at you, Matt. Tim, I do want your answer with this. We're going to go with the characters of Walter and Asir Woven. What made you design these characters, and how do you get into character for them? Well, for me, it it takes a couple of weeks I jumped in to answer. I didn't know if you were trying to, Tim, but too bad. Oh, no, go right ahead. <laughs> I I spend, well, <laughs> I'll start with this. I spend a heck of a time on a name. 
And granted, I know there's not really a whole lot of difference between interwoven and a searwoven. I still spend a lot of time on a name of, of a character that I'm building because I want the name itself to mean something as well. And well, the you one. Know, though, sorry, I'm going to jump in. We're still waiting on those ancestry DNA results. Just wanted to let the folks know that. There may be some sort of biological connection. We're not quite sure yet. Keep listening and find out. Interwoven, I chose that name. I mean, hopefully you pick it up, Interwoven. I He sees it all woven as one. And so that's how he's trying to bring it all together as one because he feels it's too split up. I guess that's kind of digging into too much of my character, spoiler alerts. But I really just, I've mentioned it before. Each thing I do, each game I play, I hate going from one spot to the next without any connection like oh i just randomly appeared here or in this game oh i just this randomly happened but there's nothing that makes sense about it i that drives me nuts so my characters when i play them they have to make sense it has to make sense on how i got from one place to the next when i roll terribly i begin to weave that into well that actually makes sense my guy's a little dazed right now or he's not feeling the greatest i there has to be just layers to everything i do and so that therefore then brings out myself into my character or my character out of myself layers that you guys pick up on so there's really nothing you can do to prepare for a seer woven it's just as soon as you sit down at the table he just starts kind of coming out he really does. He when I uh, Sarah Woven is the first of his kind that I, I usually go the good side. I, I stay away from evil. I stay away from yeah, just any evil side. But a Seer Woven is on that line. And I did him because I just wanted to, I guess, kind of be annoying. But he just played. You have succeeded. <laughs> with, you have made Karamoth hate fear and paranoid of magic of any kind and when i started him he just i i remember sam and i think tim i don't know if you were there but i remember when i just started speaking as a seer woven it just came out fluidly and there was one encounter where sam's like no no stop let matt do this and somebody's like why just wait and i just started playing beautifully and she's like that's why. And it helped us clear a spot where we had very little bloodshed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that happened a lot in our 5th edition campaign. A Seer Woven got us out of a lot of sticky situations. And I've come up with so many, like how in many games we just roll a dice to see if we successfully, not charmed, but conversed our way. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? out of it roll for it's not charm you used verbal kung fu a persuasion persuasion thank you uh there's been many times where i've and like i said it just comes out of me so beautifully with this ear woven where i persuaded without even rolling a dice and i use that on you once tim where you're just like you don't even got to roll you persuaded me well yeah and it didn't help that you were trying to persuade the furbolg well, no, no, it was your red. No, it, it was. 
that it was, was red. It uh-huh. was red on the ship picking locks of the captain's quarters. That's right. And it no, was, it was uh, it was before this. Um, red, you had secrets, and I told you. I said something. I can't even remember. I'm not even in a seer woven right now, but I said something. I'm like, look, I can get your secrets. I can know your secrets, and I can share your secrets. And you at this time were all about just keeping your secrets secret. And you looked at me and you said, okay, you don't even have to roll. <laughs> but, no, yeah, I gave you that one just because you played it perfectly. More like a seer woven's playing me and I'm than I'm playing a seer woven. Yep. And there was one time a seer woven really didn't like Karmoth. And I think that's why you started messing with me more. Because you started messing with me and I put two to two together where it's any time that loot came out. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Karmoth was a pretty little servant boy for a while. He yep. didn't know it, but uh, Dice Master J knew that Karmoth was a servant boy. <laughs> and then Asir just kept messing with my head, messing with my head, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. But the only thing that I could recognize was every time he started strumming that loot, my head went foggy <laughs> and I snatched the loot. Yep. That, that loot is, uh, has quite a bit of effects. Well, I really got into my question pretty deep, so we haven't even gotten to the next person. So let's jump into it. Oh. Fire out Walter. Well, you know, Walter is a case you folks can't figure out. He's a pretty, uh, unique and interesting character i think a lot of it comes from the fact that we were transitioning from gurps walter was born because of my character from gurps we haven't much talked about our gurps campaign but i had a character named red who was a ranger assassin and he was the most serious and dry and straight cut character i ever played some to date and that just kind of left a sour taste in my mouth because i don't come to role-playing games to be serious and straight and angry and grumpy i want to have fun and do ridiculous things so i had the dial set to the far right of serious and in the process of creating walter i turned it all the way to the left and i may or may not have broken that dial uh, turning it a little too hard. Uh, it's stuck. I broke, you, you broke that dial. Yeah, but I will say there are, with the coming of 6th edition, I think there are going to be some revision, not revisions, but Walter, he might see a shrink or two. But basically, I just I wanted a character that was going to be lighthearted and funny. I basically staged him after a TV character, Charlie Kelly, from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He is, the show's hilarious. If you haven't watched it, I'd recommend you watch it. You have Um, mentioned him in a previous episode, but you were told by your buddy that you said the name wrong, so basically he's correcting himself now. Correct, yes. The character is Charlie Kelly. The actor is Charlie Day. But basically, the way I, if I really want to prep and get into Walter's character... I have a, uh, some people have a playlist of music they watch to get themselves motivated. I have a playlist of episodes of It's Always Sunny I watch, where it's basically, uh, 
Yeah, it's Charlie Day's best hits uh, as far as his acting in that show. Yeah, that is the Nightman Cometh. You guys have yet to meet the Day Man. Um, I've been waiting for the perfect opportunity to bring the Day Man forth. So if any of you listeners actually watch that show, you will know all about the Day Man. Unfortunately, Dice Master J and Woven don't watch that show, so they don't know who the Day Man is. Well, or the Nightman for that. No, because the only episode you told us to watch was the Troll Toll, and after <laughs> about five minutes, my brain's like, I can't handle this anymore. Oh, come now, that is uh, Emmy worthy comedy. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, that basically, it is a lot of too much TV and a lot of too much seriousness that birthed Walter. All right. So I believe that would bring us to Matt with a two. No, it's you. Well, no, no. He answered. He asked his question. His question was what? He asked it, but he didn't answer it. Oh, well, yeah, that is true. Well, what character? Hmm. Our listeners have heard about, uh, gosh, I forgot his name. He drives us nuts. Khan. I don't know if anybody wants to hear more about Khan, but <laughs> you've just mentioned a few times Karmoth. However, I'm pretty sure you've never touched base on who Karmoth is. You know, that is the one I was going to suggest we talk about, because Karmoth actually is a pretty interesting character. He is. And you guys have met and played with the higher level version of Karmoth already. The king? Yes. Uh, I remember. I remember. Uh, what he's speaking about is his game that we've talked about a couple of times in the past. However, Karmoth comes from the fifth edition, which has a seer woven and red in it. Yes. Uh, Karmoth is one, when I uh, decided designing this character, I went about a different way of doing it. Normally, I'll build the character on how I feel like doing things and doing a huge backstory after that. Karmoth was designed with a 16-page backstory first and then built the character sheet around that. Can't take the life of an innocent uh, or who he deems to be innocent. There's the Catch-22, because it's all about perception and how everything's perceived, and we know how all that can go. But also, too, at the same time, he is basically a fighter, martial artist, but it's extremely well-versed with uh, shield and longsword. And he doesn't like to talk much, unless it's important, or he's annoyed. Otherwise, most of the time, he'll stay pretty quiet and to himself and uh red i think is the only one that has truly felt the strength of his unarmed combat that is true and i was about to say red is the well no because sam's character has also cracked your hard exterior but right before we stopped playing GURPS, uh, Karmoth and Red were slowly starting to form a pretty cohesive uh, team there. Yeah, yep, because we found out a little bit about each other's backstories because of a different piece going on. We'll wait until we return to that game to bring those up. Mm -hmm. But, 
Yeah, it's going that line. And we left off of getting onto a ship and having to quickly leave a town because Carmoth decided to, for once, to try and protect a seer woven and did not realize the lethality of a crossbow bolt even with the arrow tip broken off. Uh, yet another reason why a seer woven is kind of on the... Uh the bad side of Karmoth. Even when trying to do good things for a seer woven, bad things happen to you. The one time you do not want to roll a nat 20. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good answer. I like that. It's very... It was detailed enough to let us know who Karmoth is, but just mysterious enough for people to go, hey, I want to hear more about that guy. Mm-hmm. That was a good and job. I, I, I knew you guys would pick up as soon as I said... You've already played a game with him in there. Because Karmoth, I think, is only level 5, and the king was level 30. Well, see, now this is more so a conversation for the three of us, because mm -hmm. our listeners aren't going to have any idea what we're talking about. But if we get back to GURPS, do you plan on progressing Karmoth to be more like the king from your homebrewed campaign? Oh, I'm I sorry. Was it GURPS that they're all in? I thought yeah, it was 5th edition. Ah, oh, forgive me, listeners. I said 5th edition earlier. But uh, Carmoth does plan on going that route because I can't do the proper way to transfer things until level 15 to go the Paladin routes. Right. So you're basically, though, you are, gonna, you are going to progress him to be more lawful, more righteous, so on and so forth. Yes, and there's a reason why I took the uh, that special perk with the voice. Oh, yes, I remember that, with the king having the uh, stunning boom, correct? No, that uh, it allows for some of the uh, different things to be done as vocal pieces. So as I go with the Paladin routes, the voice would be the triggering factor for these things, just like it was in the game. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, I was mistaken. Because that little zone of truth piece that he would cast, remember, the king would activate that by saying, you will speak the truth in my presence. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I remember my rogue not really liking that. Yep. Talking about Karmoth, it spawned my question. I'm just a little worried I won't be able to ask it the proper way that I want to. When you had first talked about Karmoth who you were creating with us, you, Justin, had made it clear to us that he was going to be a mute. Not somebody that spoke rarely, but an actual mute. However, over the course of a few games, that changed drastically. You were a talker. So, besides Carmoth, and for you, Tim, and for myself, who is a character where you had the perfect idea of just how he was going to play how you were going to play him, but you noticed quickly throughout the course of games, he was just being pulled apart piece by piece, and he was being played completely different than what you intended. <laughs> you guys already know that character. You hate that character. <laughs> well, yeah, all right, I'm going to let you jump in first, because I know where your rant is heading, Justin. It's Khan. And how exactly did you intend for him, and how did he just fall apart? 
I intended to be more shadows, get away, sneaky, get away, and you guys would never let him out of your freaking sight. Uh, he, uh, so he kind of fell apart with the uh, players being real frustrated and annoyed with him. He was too well at being annoying, especially with that multiple personality setup, that I couldn't get the split second I needed to engage stealth because he was made small so I could use you guys to engage stealth. But literally, you guys never gave me a chance because you never got close enough. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean... So you did create him perfectly, but you really didn't get a chance to alter your play style with him, though, did you? No, because any time that I tried to do anything, that Krogan would be haunting me, and that Krogan, the one time he got a hold of me, about ripped me apart. <laughs> so hindsight being twenty twenty, uh, you notice now that the group won't let you out of your sight. How would you have played him differently? I would have used my one spell a lot more. Which is? Greater invisibility. Okay. So basically, you just didn't get a chance. If you would have been able to get away, you would have been golden. Yeah, Khan basically had the one ring as his trump card. Actually, what you're saying is, Khan, you actually played the way you intended the entire time. is just for the game, our game session that you had him in your intention with him was to be more invisible and away from the group so you didn't have to bring out more of his annoying quirks. However, we never let you get invisible, so you were constantly annoying. Exactly, because one of the things with it is the more that Khan interacts, you guys know that timer is ticking and going. With me being invisible, if one of those personalities that I don't want to run happen, I could just let the timer run until the next roll. Okay. So, basically, we are punishing ourselves by not letting you get away. Bingo. That and also, too, this character was designed to really mm, piss your brother off. Because he annoyed the crud out of me. And, and that did happen. It was a fun game, but it was full of annoyances all around, unfortunately. And the game fell apart before I could pull the final coup de grace on Race's character. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. Well, Woven, you want me to go next? Or yes, you wanna... go ahead. Okay, all right. Well, we're going to jump back into keeping with GURPS. My character that I had built beautifully is Red. I liked to think that I emulated him after the Punisher. He was going to be a master sniper who has a vigilante code of justice. Um, he has his own laws the laws don't apply to him he basically was going to be the punisher all right i got a couple of questions to ask for you okay what skills did you even have to go down that route because you never showed any markers for the punisher oh no he was uh incredibly proficient with his longbow okay he just, he never really was able to get himself set up to where he could get those sniper-like shots. You were always relying on that dagger of return you guys were obsessed with. That was just a nice little treat. That, that came out of nowhere, and even that was very interesting to me. That just sounded fun. But, no, and I will agree with Justin here that his question was correct, because he basically said, well, wait a minute, you were supposed to be the Punisher? And no, I did not 
end up playing my character like the Punisher. It was nothing like the Punisher. He was a low-down street urchin as I played him. Yeah, was, that's why I wasn't trying to be rude. It was just like one of those things where it's like from left field. It'd be like Matt all of a sudden trying to say that he meant to play a seer woven like a berserker. Right. No, it, the, my character was supposed to be a very noble and regal vigilante, and he turned out to be a common street rat, basically. Okay. Um, and it's that more so is just through me trying to – I was trying to further that character, and what better way to further that character than by getting free items that you could sell? Uh, and it just – it kept tumbling further and further down that rabbit hole to where I was beyond a point of no return to where we ended up doing a five- or six-game session where we went on a mission to – basically allow me to hit the reset button on that character and see he kind of reminded me more of like a, a a salty aladdin does that make sense that is a very good analogy yeah he was a very gruff and angry aladdin who hated the world but i mean after after i was able to get that reset button i like to think of him now more like robin hood uh, you got to get rid of that, uh, what, well, as Karmoth sees it, talking to yourself. Uh, I forget that one name that Eric's stuck on you. Oh, the ghost. I've got my ghost buddy. Uh, what's his name? I've got it in my notebook in Eric's basement, but I cannot think of that ghost's name. No, Roland, a.k.a. Red, he does have a ghost buddy who is completely worthless and a waste of time. Just don't tell Eric that, because Eric likes playing with him. But yeah, no, Red was by far my most screwed-up character. No, he's not your most screwed-up character, okay? He is your third attempt at a rogue, and he's more coherent as a rogue, and you can discern him actually as a rogue as character. So you've gotten better at playing rogues, because your Khajiit was the first one. That flopped. But that was your dice. And then in our friend Ray's game, you could tell it was a rogue, but wasn't really a rogue. You focused more on the bows. Yeah. Okay. But then this guy, you could tell he was a rogue, but more like the archer tree of the rogue. So you've gotten better at playing rogues. I have to give you that. Well, thank you. I mean, I just, don't worry. I've given up on trying to play rogues yet. I still fall into rogue categories where I have a Walter Hornsby who tries to steal a car and ends up punching out windshields. So those rogue those rogue tendencies are uh, hard to kill. <laughs> so, all right, Woven, uh, what is your answer there? Oh, I've been sitting here thinking about it for a while, and I think the closest answer I really have would be, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you guys think of somebody else, correct me. Uh, it would be Jossie. Ooh, that's me. a very surprising answer. Yeah, I mean, I tend to, I feel, and once again, this is my perception, correct me if I'm wrong, I tend to be very good at sticking with 
the goal I have in mind, except for when I feel that I'm really annoying my my friends, not my party, but my friends. So I will adjust things accordingly. Jossie was one where I felt he might have been more of a burden. So he was going to start. He it, Allow me to explain who he is. Jossie is a ape. He's who I created for GURPS first. I think Eric got bored of him because all of a sudden one week I came and... You had a seer woven there. I had a seer woven there instead of Jossie. Well, Eric was doing you a favor and uh, he said, hey, I wanted to see how a seer woven would translate into GURPS and he's really good in GURPS. Yes, that's when Sir Woven, we realized, is really, his name is too big to be in one place. He's, he go, So that's how he got from 5th edition to GURPS and how he got from GURPS to United States of America. He gets around. But Jossie, even before he was taken away, he was an ape who did not speak at all. And then I got to thinking, this might be too difficult. So I... I may add a little twist that was fun for me, but I'm Sam seemed to enjoy it, but it was kind of annoying to some of you. Whenever he found bananas, he turns into a talking monkey, a little bit more like Lion King's uh, Rafiki. Oh. Yeah. So as soon as I see bananas, I'm like, oh, a banana. What? Isn't this my wonderful day? And, and the worst part about it was the monkey's mouth never moved. He was speaking telepathically, so you could hear him from miles away. See, I wish I could have been there for Jossie, because I'm not going to lie. A Seer Wolven annoys me when I'm like trying to play my characters with him, but to watch you play a Seer Wolven and how you get into him... It is one of the most entertaining things to watch. And I also liked how you played the Krogan. That was a complete different way you played him. But by far, the most entertaining thing to see you do was to run that tree ant. I still feel, I don't think he really fell apart. I just don't think his mechanics worked well enough. Or they didn't work the way that I was expecting them to work. So he fell apart in my head mechanically but not necessarily with how I chose to play him. And I did enjoy playing him as that kindred, kind, spirited, slow-talking tree. Or did I go slow-talking? Yes, really you remember. did. Okay. Yes, you did. Because I remember one time you were sitting there looking at your watch as you're sitting there timing out how long you're saying one <laughs> word. And I'm like, he is really getting into this. I, I love making sure I... Get it just on the spot as I can. Oh, it was, I I liked you doing that. And that's one reason I enjoy playing the games so much. And that's why I kind of feel myself with like how I make my characters. I need to completely change them again for whatever game we jump to next, because I'm more tunnel visioned on my builds. And at the same time, I feel like I'm missing out on the whole fun RP aspect of a lot of it. Yeah, that's normally just how I build mine is is RP. Jossie was less RP because he didn't speak, but the fact that I chose to play him as a silent ape and try to speak to, I would be across the table trying to sign to them, not necessarily sign language because a monkey wouldn't really know sign language, 
But uh, what is that game where you try to get somebody to guess the answer without saying anything? Uh, charades. Charades. So, yeah, I mean, I got into RP in that aspect where I was doing charades with the party. And, and it was... I tend to have fun with most of my characters. And I'll speak a little bit about Maros Tai. I think that might be the answer Tim thought I was going to go with. Because Maros Tai started off as is a character of wonder and excitement of this magical world. And then he went down this path of magic's actually evil. But with the, how the game played and how certain aspects of my dice rolling and what Eric did, I noticed that, oh, wait, this is a route that I feel Marostai needs to take. He starts to become this moody, dark character. And not dark as in, like, I'm going to kill good people but dark as in magic is evil these people are evil evil is evil i've got to slay evil and that wasn't who he was but he doesn't know who he is anymore so for those of us that are new to everything along these lines you would kind of say more of like an uh, an emo route yeah that's what you all call them is the emo tie uh, but <laughs> i but... haven't run into him so i can't call him that but I I know that I'm playing him. He can be annoying. That's fine. But if you were watching a TV series, he might be annoying. However, for you to change somebody immediately so they're not annoying to the, the list, the, not the listeners, but the viewers that are watching the show, they're going to be like, whoa, 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 you're breaking the fourth wall here. Right? This doesn't seem legit anymore. I feel like I'm no longer a part of the story. It's kind of jarring. Yeah, it's very jarring. So you guys can call him emo all you want. I'm going to play him to the end the way that he needs to be played, and hopefully the game will allow me to adjust him to where he gets back to his more refreshing, calm, and and, and kind guy. See, now I've had to chose to stay quiet for this uh, little segment here just because I uh... – I don't have very many kind words to say about Morris. Well, we'll leave it at that because we will be going back to Pathfinder and let the listeners find out that way. Yeah, it's going to be a little while before we jump into that because like Justin had mentioned, Eric has been at Gen Con and he did pick up the 6th edition. So we decided we're going to stick with Shadowrunner for a little bit longer and that might actually be better for you, the listeners. Uh, We found out that a lot of listeners enjoy sticking with one kind of thing. So we want to keep with Shadowrun a little bit longer, keep you coming in, and hopefully when we do switch to Pathfinder, you'll have an easier transition with us, and you'll be able to stick with us longer. Well, plus, with... I think we just are enjoying Shadowrun. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I really enjoy Shadowrun. I'm, I'm an RP guy, and Shadowrun's very RP, and you'd mentioned throughout the week it's very legwork as well, and it is. And with that being said, I do believe our dice are still hot, gentlemen. We ready for another roll? Four and ready. Let me get my dice emulator pulled up. Uh, I mean, let me, let me get my real dice. Click, 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 click. They're rolling. I guess I'm borrowing Tim's dice nice. I got a nat one. Boy, you know, my dice emulator is rolling really hot for me. I got a 17. I rolled for myself this time. Oh, did you? Okay. 
It rolled a 20. I'm not kidding. Oh, goodness. Okay. All right. Lead <laughs> These off dice there. are hot. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. These dice are too hot. <laughs> Don't do it! <laughs> but of course, the Greater Seal Woven is going to join. Of course I'm here. Screw the contract. <sighs> Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde moment, or Dr. Jekyll and a Seer Woven moment. You know, I'm going to have to have my lawyer read over this contract. I'm pretty sure you're breaching it somehow. Where is my loot? Where is my music? Ah, who cares? So we'll be speaking of Asir Woven. Allow me to ask Asir Woven's question. Gentlemen, Go ahead. what do you enjoy best about Asir Woven? You know what? I'll hop in first. As much as I love to rag on Asir Woven, I do have actually a lot of good things to say about him. I'm going to be talking about Asir Woven, the a.k.a. Woven, a.k.a. Matt, more so than Asir Woven, the character. The best thing I love about Asir Woven is just watching Matt fall seamlessly into this character like he did just now. It is always a fun ride when Asir Woven is at the table because... You can get yourself into or out of almost anything. You are able to play this character so perfectly that it's just, it's seamless. And you can get away with so much stuff that a normal player shouldn't be able to get away with. Nobody gets into a seal woven. A seal woven gets into the player. It was never him that created me, but it was I who put the sparkle in his mind. <laughs> My name is in the stars. And he looked up and he said, a seal woven. You know, I am almost instantly regretting praising a seer. So Dice Master J, what do you love about a seer woven? Oh, I've got two answers for that. <laughs> Two different perspective points. Uh, for me, as the player, it is entertaining to watch some of the trouble he gets us into and some of the trouble he gets us out of and just the way he goes about doing it. Well, you know, it is he does have the most interesting and unique ways to get into trouble and to get out of trouble. And then from Karmoth's point of view, uh, I believe Karmoth would say it just like this, too. I like how when it comes to Undead, his uh, stealth tactics go up to a oh, natural 20. Oh, would you look at the time? <laughs> would you look at the time? The great Asilwoven sees that his destiny is elsewhere, and you are boring. And to the rest uh, of you listeners, you have been as a light. I love you. Please. Hold on, Asir. We were... Yeah. Uh, we just All praise uh, to Woven as you wish. It is a do. Good hey, night. I see a lich coming this way right now. I think you <laughs> hit a uh, soft point there, Dice Master <laughs> Jay. <laughs> All right. On a, a side note here, I'll, I'll let Matt explain the uh, undead points because literally we've 
had a little bit of a run. It was like one of the few times I've actually gotten to play with a seer woven or Matt playing a seer woven in a campaign and literally somebody I did not expect to have any kind of stealth sneaking skills or anything. Literally, I could not even find or nobody could find just poof. All of a sudden gone. It's the power of the undead is once a seer woven sees undead, a seer woven disappears. Yeah, I'm bound by something that I can't speak about this. I don't think a Sir Woven likes me talking about it. Oh, he's got uh, he's got you under a contractual obligation there. A gag order. Uh-huh. Yeah, it seems to be that I'm under some kind of gag of sorts. It was just one of those things where it's not something I expected him to have in this character. And the first time he goes into it, it was one of those things where it was like, what? just happened kind of things and me as the player found that entertaining but i i I had to bring that up from uh, carmel's point of view because uh, i think you shoved me out of the way into a lich to get running out of there asir woven did yeah uh security we need to look into some undead sorry i just had to uh, make a few talks with uh my management there Asir Woven has already had extensive research into this world, and his first Google search was, are undead real? We'll just do zombie makeup. He won't know any different. (laughs) All right, so now I would believe it would be Tim's question. Yeah, you know, we've already kind of touched on this tonight, but I do want to go into it more. Uh, my next question is going to be when you when we go about creating our characters, do you create the character first and put the stats to match it? Or do you build the stats and sheet first and then build your character around those stats? I'm going to jump into this one. I'm pretty sure when I first started... I did it, stats, and then character, Uh, and that first character just fell flat on its face for me, and as I grew to learn the game more and understand the mechanics, I slowly transitioned to to where now I've chosen, hmm, what do I want? What do I want to do? What's different? What's unique? What's not what everybody else is doing? Because that's one thing I dislike very much is playing the exact same character as somebody else. I want to be a use to the party, and so therefore I'm going to play something that nobody else basically wants to touch. Well, so you say you the first time you create a character, you built the stats first, and it fell flat on its face. <laughs> Was that because you had a hard time playing it, or because you just couldn't get into those shoes? Well... I wanted everything. I built the stats first, and then I looked on the sheet, and I'm like, well, yeah, I want to swim. Well, yeah, I want to climb. Well, yeah, I want to fall flat on my face. <laughs> and oh. the last one worked perfectly. I, I wanted everything, and I wanted everything everywhere. And so I had to narrow it down and say, okay. And that's what I did with Interwoven. I said, all right, let's narrow this down. Well, first, Interwoven wasn't my first creation. 
I was more going towards a Spider-Man noir character, as some of you listeners might have seen uh, the Spider-Man animated movie that just recently came out. Mm-hmm. I was trying to build Nicolas Cage's Spider-Man. So that's where the grappling hook came from. Yes, that is exactly where the grappling hook. I did keep that. I kept that. Okay. But then okay. I said, okay, let me let me focus him much more than this, and let me say, what do I want? Well, I want a hacker. All right, well, I'm not going to be strong. I'm fine with that. Let's get rid of the strength. Let's build my character. Who's he going to be? He's a kid. But I still want him to be very nimble and athletic. And so it was more a created... I created the idea of a hacker. I started to go into the stats a little bit, but then I said, what's his personality? And that's how I create. That's how I finished him. Okay, so nowadays you create the character and you just round it out to where the stats match that character. Yep. Okay. Uh, Justin, I'm actually very interested to hear your answer on this one. I've actually got five different ways that I make a character. My primary way of making a character is I will roll the base stats of strength, con, dex, wisdom. And then once I have those out, I'll see what I got to play with, and then I'll design around those. Uh, Another way I make a character is what does the group need? Go from there. Uh, Third way is just like I've had a character idea bouncing around in the head, write out the story, and this is where Carmouth was. He was the first one of it, and I want to do this way again. Write out a backstory for it, and then a design. Well, how's this backstory got to play into a character? And another way of doing it is, how am I going to generate the most annoying character I possibly can to mess with this group of people? We've run into a few of those characters. Yep. And then the final way is, I have a concept idea that I want to test out. Let's build this concept. So, out of those uh, groups of creation ideas you have or methods you have which one do you think creates the best character for you rolling the stats to start and then going from there uh for example oh my dragonborn in previous game he was based off the stats to start Mm -hmm. the dragonborn that couldn't use anything but a shield for a weapon right (laughs) One of the most annoying character concept designs, besides Khan, would be the dyslexic cleric. That one was entertaining. Hmm. Okay. So. See, now, I asked this question just because I really don't have an answer. This always goes back to me being the newest and most green player of the podcast. I don't have a method for creating my characters, really. I always try to envision the character first and figure out how I want them to be, what I want their personality to be, what I want their mentality to be. But getting that transitioned into the stats is where I always end up falling short for some reason. You already have a concept then. You are doing one of the five that I've got that I build off of. Yeah, but I I don't know why it is, but, like, my characters, I have, like, I had Walter designed in my head. When I get him transferred onto the paper, I look at it and I go, well, that's not Walter. You know what I mean? That just comes with experience and playing more. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think it's more so just me being 
too new still. I mean, granted, I've been playing for five years, but in the grand scheme of things, as far as our group goes, I am still very new. As compared to the... I can't even remember how long you guys said you've been playing. Oh, let's see. Fifteen years? Yeah, so, I mean, my five years, I'm still very wet behind the ears, and the character creation is the number one reason I play role-playing games, besides the escape. I love creating the characters, but I think I fall in love with their ideal, perfect version too much. It's like Woven always says, if you write down that you're the best, and you think you're the best, you're going to fall flat on your face. When I create my characters, in my brain, I'm envisioning them being their level 20 self. And yep. I'm saying, oh, that is going to be a perfect, amazing character. But wait a minute, I got to start at level 1? No, I want them to be at level 20. <laughs> uh, and that's another downfall, visioning them at level 20. Especially if you go the role-playing aspect. Basically, you envision them, how strong they are. You've also envisioned on how they got there. Mm-hmm. But you're not taking into account how those dice are actually going to roll. And likely you'll get, you might still get to what you've envisioned, but you're going to go through all of these curves and turns you would have never expected. And so when you're going through them, you're thinking, this is not how my character is supposed to be. And so you start to get frustrated and you think your character's a flop, but you're not giving him enough time to actually grow. You know, and I did go through that a lot with Red. I did a lot of beating myself up because a lot of times I ran into that situation where I was telling myself, hey, wait, he's not supposed to be like this. Eric's doing something wrong because my character is supposed to be great and doing it this way. (laughs) And luckily I had Matt to talk through this with, and he's like, no, no, you're looking at it wrong. Your character isn't quite there yet in where you want him to be. you got to build him there. And Matt helped me start realizing that all these failures are what is building my characters up to their greatness. That's why I see your woven is so great, because he's a level 20 character, but not level 20. doesn't matter how many curves and turns he hits, he's... He's positive he came out of it successfully, even if he failed horribly. Oh, no, yeah. I did that just right. Asir Woven, I don't think, even knows the word failure, does he? Uh, he's, he's completely lost in his own his own mirror. He's too busy looking at himself in his own mirror to see where he's messed up. I believe now, Justin, it is your turn for a question. Yes, and this one's going to hit you guys differently. What is the worst class that you have tried to play, and why? For me, that would be offensive casters. So like a wizard or a sorcerer? Exactly. I have... I hit a block when it comes to that. I can do things with those from the DM side and stuff like that, but as a player, I cannot mechanically get them rolling. Hmm. You know, that kind of surprises me, just because you are so good with the rules and mechanics of these games, I'm surprised you can't get them. That that seems right in your wheelhouse. 
Yeah, but the problem is with like the mage, you can you have you have so many spell spots. You learn the spell for the day. You can't get them back until long rest, and like you have to strategically play these spells at the right time. Otherwise, you might need a spell later on and not have it. Oh, that it. Well, that is true. There's always that unknown factor. Right, and I constantly second guess myself on that. So I have not played an offensive caster since I was 22 years old. But I do like Eric's way of doing it, and it's got me thinking about trying again. Okay, that was a very interesting answer. Wolven, I'm going to make you go next, because I'm still trying to think of my answer. Well, this definitely got me on the spot here. I can think of characters I would never really try, but a character that I flopped with, it'd probably be my very first character. Maros Tai, I mentioned before, he he's from another world, and his spirit basically embodied another person, another one of my characters. That's another reason why he's so he's he's a bit mentally unstable. He's kind of two people plus a sword, three people in one mind. Uh, the first character was a monk, and I'm gonna say it's really just because. I was so green around everything. I was not playing him right. I didn't. I just did not know him mechanically at all, and so he he bored me. And that's just really the reason why I flopped with him. I I think I would actually enjoy monks now that I understand the game better. Okay, so that was more so you just you didn't know what you were getting into, and it wasn't what you expected. Yeah, exactly is what it was. Okay. You know, you, thank you. That was just enough time for Woven for uh, me to get an answer. And it's not the class you guys are going to expect me to say. I tried this class. I loved it, but I failed magnificently at it. And that is a bard. It's exactly <laughs> where I thought you were going. Well, when you said magnificently, you sounded like a seer there, so. <laughs> yep. I did a, uh, I was part of a group here uh, at the factory I work at. We did a, oh, it was four or five game sessions where we were meeting up after work. And, you know, I've seen a seer woven. I've watched a seer woven. A seer woven is magnificent. I need to be a seer woven. So I tried to create a. Hey, 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 that's copyright infringement. You owe that money. He's used to stealing my ideas. <laughs> oh, gosh. Now, the, the whole character was literally built around copyright infringement. The race was a changeling, and he saw a seer woven in a tavern one night and said, Oh, my goodness, that is the best bard I've ever seen. I want to become that bard. And he instantly transformed into a seer woven, and for the rest of his life, he walked around as a seer woven. It was a fun character to play, but I failed so magnificently at it because I was trying to be an aggressive attacking bard. Uh, And bards really aren't meant to be played that way, I don't think. They are more a supportive, behind-the-line class that does things that you shouldn't know that they're doing. I'm sure there are some listeners out there going, Oh, you just don't know how to play a bard, right? If you are listening to this episode, and if you have stories of a good offensive bard, 
please give us an email or get a hold of us on Facebook. We want to hear that story. See, to me, a bard is a more of a support class, but at the same time, a bard on the battlefield is doing things behind the scenes. For, yeah. like, example, a, a bard, as you're sitting there in the middle of combat, they take the turn. A seer woven's done it. Illusions. Well, and exactly, and that's a seer woven does his barding that's not a word he does his <laughs> barding so well but my character he was up in everybody's faces and he was just he was so blatant about it and i think that kind of goes along where it helped to develop the character because my character wasn't a bard by trade he was just a changeling who said hey i'm going to be a bard today and he fell in love with it you were a barbarian. Props still to this day when you told me what you did to the guy in the rock. Oh, goodness. And, you know, I hope he listens to this episode because to this day, he still says that I did not use that spell correctly. And I hope he doesn't listen to this episode because I went back and read that spell and I did not use it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I used Charm Person on him. And okay. basically, Charm Person in 5th edition turns you into their best friend. So, Justin, you might, I'm a little chilly. Would you give me the shirt off your back? Actually, you... actually, I will. In 5th in edition, it makes them friendly to you. A yeah. buddy, a pal. But in GURPS, it makes them your best friend infatuated. And ah, GURPS, they are there basically is a your, to it. Yeah, they're your mind slave in GURPS. Yes, yep. And also, too, in 5th edition, they are your friend. They will do anything to help you, go out of their way to help you, without causing themselves any harm. Actually, yeah. it's worded, they may go out of their way to help you, but they still have reasoning, like, uh, so... For instance, first give him an example. Tell him what you did. Oh, goodness. So I used the GURPS definition, to say the least. He was playing a rogue, and the rogue was getting really cocky. My character's name was I'm. So he would say, I'm a seer woven. And a seer <laughs> woven. Genius. Yeah, <laughs> a seer woven said, anything you can do, I can do better. And the rogue said, oh, yeah, I bet you can't get my coin purse. And I pulled out my harpsichord and started playing. I charmed him. And then he goes, well, what does charm person do? And I go, well, basically, it makes you my mind slave. Anything that I say that doesn't cause you to harm yourself, you're going to do it. And he goes, all right, sounds good. So I go, all right, give me your shirt. He goes, all right, here you go. I said, those are some nice pants. They go good with that shirt. I'll take them. He goes, eh, all right, here you go. I said, I'll take that coin pouch. All right. He hands it over. I took his backpack. So I basically, I, I left him naked in the forest. And I say, hey, that rock over there is threatening me. Why don't you go stare at it and make sure it doesn't attack me? <laughs> all right, yeah. You, you use the GURPS <laughs> definition on that for, like, fifth edition you would charm them and be like 
hey, I, I, I lost my coin purse. Can I? You can keep your coins. Can I just have the purse itself? Yeah, and that's exactly what he said after we got done playing that campaign. He said, hey, I looked up Charm Person, and there is no way in blippity bleep that I would have gave you my coin purse. Or even his your, his clothes. He said he gave me that. He said he might have given me his shirt, but that but probably would have been yeah. That would probably would have been it. Yeah, because <laughs> there would have there would have came deductive reasoning. There would have come like, well, buddy, uh, you have your own clothes. I I'm gonna yeah. keep mine, but we're still friends. Yeah, so. and see that that's where the wetness behind my ears comes in, and me trying to be the overly aggressive bard right and at the same time the reason i say you could get away with just requesting the purse itself and telling him to keep the coins because then that comes into the perception of how everything is he perceives it as you can't get his coin purse as in the coins the purse and everything in it in all actuality he just said the coin purse he didn't say entirety contents so that's how you can trick and go about that way yeah, it uh, it was very muddy and uh, very very sloppy playing on my part. I am not proud of that character. Carmoth, <laughs> you may not remember this, but this is actually the day that you officially started hating me. Is I I charmed you and I told you to do exactly what I did to that rogue. Yeah, that's, yep. that's right. You, I I allowed you to have that play. <laughs> Uh, Sir Woven definitely stole that. I, but that I, I couldn't help myself. I was already, and I'm gonna be honest. Here's some, here's some uh, content for you listeners. It's, it's a little bit getting into the mud here. But Carmoth came in as a hire by Sir Woven, and Sir Woven, he is a manipulator. And I'm not just talking like basic manipulation. I'm talking, he's building himself. To, if he has to, he will mind probe you and control your body so he can stay, his body can stay safely on the sidelines. He's a manipulator. And there was one time where I, as a seer woven, had decided that I wanted to get some, some ideas of who Karmoth was so I can manipulate him, but subtly. So I... I was persuading him, or I charmed him. I can't really remember what I did. You were doing a lighter version of your charm through the loop, because Eric's exact words, and I quote, were, you're really starting to like this guy, and everything is hazy. And so I said this out loud to Eric, what I was doing, and I still to this day am sure Justin played a little bit of himself in this, but I was trying to subtly get ideas so I could manipulate him with, like, I think you had some backstories about your mother or whatever. I can't really remember what. But I was trying to get some of your backstory so I could use it to make you my buddy. And you're like, nope, nope, nope. I shut him off. I shut it down. And then ever since that day, I was like, all right, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to go aggressive against Justin. And so <laughs> a couple games later, yep, I'm like, charm him. Go protect that rock. Forget you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Carmoth had two things that uh, Sir Woven didn't know. This is when they were starting to get to introduce to Carmoth. Carmoth has an extremely high rating for uh, Code of Honor and Short Temper. 
And uh, my backstory triggers my temper very badly, as Red has run into a couple times. You know, Carmoth and Nasir Woven actually go together pretty darn well. I'm, uh, I enjoy watching those two play together. Oh, he, he drives me nuts, but he has figured out my character well enough to irritate him enough and point him in a direction. And it is quite annoying as the player because I can't deny it, but I have to applaud Matt over here as the player for being able to basically take an entire character of somebody else's and basically equipping it as their shield. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. And that goes back to Matt just playing things beautifully. I try. And <laughs> I especially enjoy making sure that I weave in the downfalls of a character. And so I intentionally place this into my character. You guys are talking about it. An intense and dread fear of undead. I mean, really, it should make sense. A seer woven is obsessed with manipulation undead are dumb you can't manipulate them so what do you do get the heck out of dodge well no you can manipulate them you just uh need to figure out how not the way he likes to manipulate you cannot that's true that's true but at the same time the first time that ever popped up where i'm just sitting there doing my roles kind of moving about and then all of a sudden I hear, oh, there's undead up ahead. And then all of a sudden from across the table to my right, Matt gets into character and starts freaking out. And I'm like, <laughs> what the heck is going on? <laughs> mm, good times. All right. You know, this episode's running a little long here. So I'm going to go into the lightning round. I have one final question I want us to answer. It can be fairly short answers just to make things speed up a little bit and i think it's a good question so we're moving into sixth edition of Shadowrun. pretty soon we'll be moving on to pathfinder once our pathfinder story arc is done eric said we might move on to new characters or once we move into sixth edition on Shadowrun, eric might have us make new characters if that's easier for him so if either of those things happen, is there one character that you guys have played that you would like to bring back to life? I don't no. even have to answer. Yeah, no, that can't. All right. So, Justin, go ahead and answer. <laughs> that would be Khan. Okay. And so which world, uh, Pathfinder or Shadowrun, do you think he'd be better in? Pathfinder. Oh, my gosh. I would like to see him in Shadowrun. Uh, that's what I was thinking. Uh, I could do it in Shadowrun, too, but he'd be much more lethal in Pathfinder. See, I would think he'd be more lethal in Shadowrun because aids uh, are actually a thing. Khan makes his own. Well, that's true. He doesn't like the store-bought explosives. It's going to be a... I, I feel because with Walter, you're having so many problems with, with building his explosive side. And there's a lot of restrictions that you keep running into. I think Khan's going to run into way too many of those restrictions for too long to have any interest to, of this world. He would just go suicide bomb long before he built himself up in Shadowrun. Well, that is- no, 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 because uh, at the same time, I did it with Nolan. 
Nolan has knowledges and degrees with psychology and sociology to be able to improve on my sniping skill, anticipate movements, and go those lines. Khan, I would get rid of a heck of a lot of the strength and body stuff I did with Nolan and go for the full-on bachelor's degree in chemistry. Mm. So he basically would become an alchemist to some extent. Oh, I'd be making my own homemade HME explosives and combining it with a full rigor. Let's try and keep Khan out of Shadowrun. Talk about making your own homemade detonating drones. I'm going to one-up you there, Tim. Let's try and keep Khan out of everything. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. I would just go to Walmart, buy all kinds of household chemicals. You wouldn't see me for a week, and all of a sudden I show back up with, like, 15 droids that are all self-detonating exploding droids that I control with my mind because of the rigging gear. Well, you know Just... what? Actually, I think Walter might be giving Khan a call because that does sound pretty fun. Just don't go to the Walmarts that Walter what? goes to because they're always sold out. Well, if the Walmart's sold out, I'm going to go to a stuffer shack, and I know which stuffer shack I'm going to pay attention to because I want to get the Walter plushie. <laughs> Yeah, we haven't got to that episode yet. There's a little teaser for you. Walter gets his own stuffed doll. Well, he was going to. No, he might. He still is. You put that order in. You're going to have 50,000 Walter dolls. Uh, you're probably right. <laughs> with nothing to do with them. But then also, too, at the same time, he may have been all over the Internet and it may be all gone on the Internet. But how many people, you know, have downloaded their own copies of it, being able to put it back up? Well, Eric did say they were gone from all over. All right, well, hey, now we're getting into next week's episode here, guys. Let's uh, let's not give too much away. That's a lot of good content there. Um, just wetting their tongues. So, uh, Woven, do you have one character that you would like to try to bring back to life? I got two, but I'll stick with the one. The Krogan. Uh, okay, from uh, Justin's homebrew. Yes. Okay, and um, what system would you like to see him come back to life in? Ooh, I got an answer for that one. Mm. You know, I, I think he would do really well in GURPS. He I would do well would. in GURPS, but I would like to see him fully cybernized in uh, Shadowrun. He would be able to become... He would be a lot more lethal in Shadowrun. I agree there. Retractable blades out of the arms for your swords this time? Uh, it, it's just my... In my mind, where is he coming from in Shadowrun? Uh, See, so you can't get an origin story. I uh, Yeah, there's really no origin story for him. There's He's just all of a sudden in a place, and you know me. There's There's got to be connections. Troll. Draw, designed it off a troll uh, run. No, it's it's not the Krogan. It's it ha I'm, well yeah, it has to be the tr Krogan. The, the okay. Krogan. So Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the Krogan. And you would think he'd be fit best into GURPS, and I think that play that format would probably be most suitable for that character. Or Pathfinder. Mm, Pathfinder maybe. might be a little too rigid for the Krogan. I, I agree with that, actually. Well, see, I haven't played Pathfinder, so I wouldn't know that point. It's 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 a lot like 5th edition to where you have to stay within your class. I gotcha. 
And the Krogan, I think, would be best in the open world system of, like, GURPS, where he can spread his proverbial wings. Gotcha. All right, well, I guess I got the final answer here. The one character I'd like to try to bring back to life as one, yet again, that I hope I'm surprising you guys with, and that would be my bard, I'm. I'd like to try to bring him back to life. I had a lot of fun playing him, and it was a blast to play him. I learned a lot from him, and I think our, the second go-around, I'd be able to play it a lot better and a lot more smooth. I would love to see it. I just that little I'm is his name. Yeah. And how I that's just genius to me. I would love to see him played. You know, I think this turned out to be a pretty fun and exciting episode. I know I had a blast. Uh, I enjoyed just basically sitting down and having a conversation with you two. Uh, we don't get a chance to do that very often. Uh, hopefully you, the listeners, got to learn a little more about us, what makes us tick and what makes us love the role-playing games that we play with that being said i think we'll wrap up this episode of meta no meta please go on to our facebook page and like us we're at meta no meta on facebook if you're so inclined shoot us an email our email is meta no meta podcast at gmail.com let us know what you like let us know what you don't like let us know if you have a successful, aggressive bard story. I'm riding on that nobody does. But if you do, please prove the podcast master wrong. We are all on all major platforms now. If you are listening to us, please like us, comment, and subscribe to us. It helps us get more listeners. And with that being said, if those dice are hot, keep on rolling them. Gentlemen, say goodnight. Later, y'all. Hey, good night. And don't forget, the Sarah Wolven's waiting for your calls. <laughs>